keep saying we're about to finish up Romans, but uh, every time I do, it takes us a week or two longer to do it. Yeah, you can just come on up while I'm talking, getting, getting going here. Uh, just come on up and pass the plates, Josh. Uh, we never want to, you know, do an injustice to the people and not give them an opportunity to give because I know they were, they were all disappointed that that plate wasn't coming. All right. Okay, while they're doing, yes, just, uh, yeah, you pass it down there, Josh. Good boy. The, um, <clears throat> there's two great truths to be found in, in these chapters. This is where we left off last week uh, as we were talking about these in, in Romans uh, chapter 15. We got to verse uh, 10, 11, 12, somewhere down in there. And uh, verse 10, it says, And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and him shall the Gentiles trust. And so we talked a little bit about those verses, and I kind of concluded last week's uh, just lesson with these, the fact that there, to me there's two great truths out of chapters 14 and 15. And those two great truths is that the plan of salvation is to reconcile us to God. And then number two is that the plan of salvation that God has brought to us is also the plan of redemption is to reconcile us to each other. Uh, that, that chapters 14 and 15, uh, just so much Paul is really emphasizing relationships with people. And so that's kind of where we left off. Uh, John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 says, Which things also <clears throat> we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And, and uh, the final thing that I said last week is that you know, all of this hinges on the, on the Holy Spirit of God. It hinges on us being yielded to the Holy Spirit of God, our relationships. And that's where we're going to continue to kind of talk about that. It's so very important uh, that, as I said, I think the final thing I said, it's so very important that we realize that the Holy Spirit is not a sideline issue of the Holy Trinity. Uh, the Holy Spirit is equal. There are three equal uh, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So he's very, very important in Scripture. Romans fourteen seventeen. we saw uh, a few weeks ago, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, so this portion of Romans 15 is so important to solidify uh, what we've been talking about before we kind of move on to sort of a, a new direction and a conclusion uh, of the book of Romans. And so uh, we, uh, we've prayed uh, s- several times tonight, but I just need just for my own clarity, I'm going to pray now. So, Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit, I do yield to thee. And Holy Spirit of God, I ask you for clarity of my mind and, and strength in my body. And, Lord, I ask you to just guide me uh, that I might be a help and a blessing and that this would be clear uh, what, what I'm about to teach and that your word would maybe open up uh, to to others, uh, that we would have a better understanding of what you're trying to teach us, what you're trying to say to us. Please, I ask you in Jesus' name, amen. You know, we may be very similar in, in every aspect, but, well, 
okay, let me just say, and I said my mind's a little unclear. The, the problem with our world, and this is kind of a side, uh, it, you're trying to establish or solidify where we're, we've been talking about Romans 14 and 15, but the problem with our world is, is not race or ethnic background or culture or even to some extent even our beliefs. We may be very similar in every aspect. We may be Christian, but unless Christians understand and submit to the power, guidance, and direction of the Holy Spirit, we will continue to conflict. There's all, this, this nation is fill, filled with Christians that hate each other. Filled with Christians that are angry toward each other. And the only way that we can be that way is when we're not filled with the Holy Spirit of God. A man of Christian principles may find a way to get along outwardly, but inwardly the conflict, hatred, animosity may still remain. You may have Christian principles, and through those Christian character, you may outwardly force yourself to get along with people. But folks, that's a terrible way to live. You ought to enjoy everybody. You know? You ought, it, hello? You ought to enjoy everybody. You ought to appreciate everybody. And, and, and the truth is, uh, I heard uh, uh, my preacher say many, many years ago, he said, every man is my teacher, therefore I, sh- I shall learn from every man. And that means in order to do that, it's, you have to take and apply scripture, and what you have to do is you have to look for whatever's good and honest and lovely and good report in those people. You don't look for what's wrong with them. Help us. We don't want people looking for what's wrong with us. And so we, we don't need to look what's wrong. Truthfully, what's wrong with us, it comes out clear enough anyway. So you really don't have to look for it. What we need to be looking for is something good in everybody. A Christian man yielded, guided, directed, and empowered by the Holy Spirit will have the joy, peace, and hope that comes from the Holy Spirit of God. And when he has that, it will flow through him to all other men. It's going to pass through him to other people. Now, there's, there's a story of, of two men. One was, a, uh, according to the story that I read, one was a white man, one was a black man. They were both Christians, but they found themselves on an ocean voyage. They didn't know each other. They found themselves on the same ocean uh, voyage. And as many cruises today, there was much of the world's pleasures uh, on that, you know, that ocean liner. You know, there was a lot of things that neither one of those men wanted to be involved with. Now, as uh, the time went on, uh, these men, again, not knowing each other, but one day trying to get away from all of the, 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 the wickedness that was going on around the ship, they, they came walking, both of them on the deck, and both of them were carrying their Bibles. And when they approached each other, they saw that each, other, each one had a Bible in their hand, and they both just kind of smiled and pointed at the Bible, and then they walked up to try to speak to each other. But when they did, they realized that they, they did not understand each other's language so they had a language barrier but you see even a language barrier doesn't stop you when the holy spirit of god was there so as they stood there and they smiled at each other one of them is like it says like a light went off in his head and he just said hallelujah and when he did the other man looked at him and smiled real big and said amen and you know the truth is they 
they decided that all their differences and all their, their, they couldn't even understand each other talk. But you know, they still loved each other. They had a relationship because they had the Spirit of God. Their barriers were broken down by praising the Lord together. And if they just had to stand and just say amen and hallelujah to each other for the next 10 minutes, they still were encouraged by each other. You know, when you go to the illustration of Abraham and, and Lot, and if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 13, you look and, and uh, Abraham's, uh, Lot's herdmen were conflicting with Abram's herdmen. So there was a, a conflict, a big conflict that is brewing. But it was Abraham, I believe, a man led by the Spirit of God and by faith in God. And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen. Why? For we be brethren. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't need to conflict. I know, you know, the church is out here thinking, Brother Hooker, why are you teaching all this stuff? Are we in conflict? No, it's because this is where we are in Romans. Okay? It just, I didn't do it. God, so you must be something going on I don't know about. God, if we're truly brothers in Christ, and that doesn't mean just salvation, but when the real unity comes when two brothers in Christ also are filled with the Spirit of God. Now, this not only applies to our church family, but to our human families, but to our extended Christian family, those who are saved but do not live and believe as we do in any other way. Now, this is where it gets difficult for people that believe like we do because we're strong in our beliefs. We're strong in what we believe. And listen, I, I'm not going to change what I believe. I've gone too long this way. Okay? I believe it's in the Word of God. I am who I am, and this is this... I'm not changing because I've seen it concretely, everything that I, that I do and I believe. I believe it's there. But I also believe that, that anybody who knows Jesus and knows the, uh, uh, Christ as their Savior truly knows salvation by grace through faith. Listen, they had the whole same Holy Spirit come inside of them as came inside of me. Amen. Just like when, when Peter's with those Gentiles. You know, hey, look, it came upon them too. Came in them also. Now, here's what we have to do. They're going to they're gonna look different than we do. Many of them look. They act. They do things. Things I would never dream of doing. Things I would never dream of. Uh, places I'd never dream of being. But at this, as they do that, I've got to understand. I don't go there. I don't do that. But I can still accept and love them. Are you okay? I don't have to conflict with them. You see, a lot of times we conflict because we fear. We fear that they're going to change us. We fear that they're going to influence us. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's some, some that you should not have. There's, there's a big difference between being friendly to somebody and being friends with somebody. Okay? So I'm not saying that you, you make somebody your running buddy because they're going to rub off on you. Whoever you hang around, you're going to become like them. Okay? So if there's things that you don't believe in doing, then, then don't hang with them because eventually you're going to be doing something you don't want to do. 
Okay, and you're going to be convicted, and then your whole spirit's going to be down, and then you're going to be struggling, and, and, and there's just going to be a lot of things going on. But, but, but you can be friendly. You can look at them and be kind and say, I refuse to conflict with them. Does everybody understand this? All right. Now, and how can I do this? I may not live as you live. I may not agree with the way you live. But the Spirit of God allows me, enables me to live at peace with you through the joy and the peace of the Holy Spirit. That's got to be true, folks. Now, this leads us into a shift of thought uh, into verse 14. If you go to verse 14, it says, uh, I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Now, that, I kind of like this. This is where the reality just comes into the, to the Word of God. Uh, God's allowing Paul to throw a little honey, a little sugar into the conversation. You, you, everybody, you have heard of the sandwich effect? Where you you when you gonna when you about to choose somebody out you tell them how wonderful they are then you kill them and then you tell them how wonderful they are. Well, he doesn't exactly do that, but he he in the midst of all this I call it medicine that he's given them amidst of all this this dose of some pretty pretty tough stuff to swallow because he's telling them if you if you were sitting here during this time and you were a Jew this is really hard to swallow. You know, because he's saying, you know, look, the Gentiles and the Jews, y'all don't need to be conflict. You, you believe in the same Lord now. Okay, so the, the fact is, is that uh, there's this conflict there. But now he gets to, after he's gone through a chapter and a half uh, of really letting them have it about their, their attitudes and about their relationship with each other and how they get along with each other. Now he gets here and he says, uh, he says, let me tell you, this is what I really believe about you. You're wonderful. You're so good. You're, you're, look at this. He says, you're full of goodness. You know, I hate it when people smooze me like this. But he says, you are also full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. He said, you know everything I've been telling you already. I know you do. Can somebody smile in here for me? That's the most depressing group, and I'm looking at my family. Now, all right, Paul has addressed human relationships pretty directly and pretty intensely, but now he pours a little honey to sweeten the medicine. So he encourages them that he believes that they're doing what he has spoken about. He stresses he believes in their good heart and their intentions. He even kind of says, I know that you already know all that I've been teaching you, and I know you're able and willing to encourage others. He's given a real t- positive talk here saying I know you know this and I know that you 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 understand what I'm telling you and I know that you have in your heart to do this already and what he's doing he's trying to encourage them that hey I believe you want to you will you understand you know how and you're gonna do this and it's just honestly this is what's called discretion this is what's called subtlety and this was so important in relationships that we have wisdom and discretion and subtlety in our relationships. How, do you, how you talk to people is so important. Now, verse 15, look at verse 15. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. 
He's, again, Paul is still using discretion as he says, nevertheless, he says you know, all these wonderful things about them and how great they are and how knowledgeable they are and how they're all ready to do what he's already said. They already know what he's talking about. But he says, nevertheless, I wrote this. He said, I wrote it to you straightforward to you as a reminder of what to do. You know, the truth is, folks, we just need reminders, you know, because we can, we can slide from what we're supposed to be doing but we need reminders. I, you know, I, uh, God bless. Uh, uh, we, 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 uh, Amy today told me, brought me a letter and said, you're supposed to be at this meeting on April the 5th and 6th, or no, the 6th and 7th. And I thought, I don't remember that meeting. It's a couple's retreat or something or a family conference. And I said, I don't remember that. And I said, better check and see just to make sure. I don't hardly have any meetings this year, but make sure. Anybody know what April 5th and 6th is? It's a youth conference I'm supposed to preach at. You know, you need, I told Amy, I said, go through every calendar we got and find anything where I'm supposed to be and write it down and put it up in front of me so I can see because I need reminders. You know, we need reminders about everything. You, you know why it's, it's good to have Valentine's Day that's coming up. You know why it's good? I don't know either. But uh, I was hoping one of you would shout out to me what it is. But the, the reason you have things like that is just to make you stop and remember how much you really love the person that you're with. I mean, you know, I know it, it was invented to make money, but it still... It's, it's good that we have something that we do. You know, we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate Christmas. We celebrate. Those are things we do to remind us because it's so easy to kind of get complacent and forget. And so he said right here, he said, I, I preach to you to remind you uh, uh, of those things uh, that you need to do. But here's what he also he even softens this a little bit because he says, because of the grace that is given to me of God. And I believe what he's saying is he's saying, he's saying I'm speaking to you to remind you because God reminds me. It's kind of like when, when my girls were small, and I don't know if they remember this at all, but every once in a while they get a little bit older and they might have to be disciplined, you know, like 19. Um, when they got a little bit older and they had to be disciplined, sometimes I'd look at them and, and you know, I, I would say to them, the, uh, uh, you have to understand, I don't like to discipline you, but you, you ought to be glad it's me disciplining you because guess who disciplines me? God. And sadly, I, I'm afraid I got, I got disciplined more often than they did. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, it leads us to verse 16. And in case my, my kids are here and they don't know, what we're going is verse by verse through the book of Romans. So, uh, but verse 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. The, the ultimate purpose of the importance of these relationships is that the missionary work of Paul to the Gentiles would be furthered. 
This is what he's saying here. He's saying, look, you know, do you know why this is all so important? Do you know why we keep good relationships here in Rome? Do you understand why, why this is so vital? He said, because God has given to me the responsibility. I'm a missionary to reach the Gentiles of Rome. That's what I'm here for. And so he says, he says, yes, right relationships give us peace, give us joy, but they also give us open door to reach the lost for Christ. He gives us this open door uh, to reach the lost for Christ, and he said, the, but these relationships is what keep the door open. Wrong relationships shuts the doors. Uh, often those doors will never be reopened when we have conflicts that shut doors in relationships and this is not just between the lost and saved, between saved and saved. Relationships that have been broken in conflict may mean that a fellow Christian may become discouraged and therefore fulfill the call of God on his life. May even drive the lost away from God because of the hurt and bitterness. And, and he's saying this is this so important, these relationships. We talk about chapter 14 and 15. It's so important we keep this relationship because the better our relationships are, the, the more we're going to be able to reach people Whose path we cross. Look, the more people that come in this door and walk out and feel like they were loved and were around people that loved them and loved each other, the more influence we'll have in this area. But if they come in and they feel it's tense and they feel people are in conflict or they feel, I'm just, I hate to say it, but, but you know, when I was down here in Tennessee before we, we left, there was, we went through three church splits in three and a half years, I think it was. And, and it, was, it was devastating. And, and, and at one point, one of, the, one of the, the families in the church, every new person that walked in the door, they hit them before they could get out of there and said, let us take you to lunch. And by the time they got done with them at lunch, they wouldn't darken the door of our church to save their life. That's because of bitterness inside their soul. And God says, you know, that destroys the work of God. And Paul says, I've got this. God's called me to be a missionary uh, to these people and to reach these people. And if we remain in conflict, Christians remain in conflict. He said, I'm not going to reach these people. Why would they want this when it's no different than the, than the fighting and the bickering of the world? So, verse 17 says, I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ and those things which pertain to God. I believe this is, again, uh, Paul is now, he said some really tough things, and every time he's making a statement, he's kind of cushioning that statement, softening it a little bit. I believe that in his humility and reality, Paul is trying to express this is not about him. All this that he's saying, he's saying it's not about me. He's saying, I'm preaching and teaching what the Spirit of God directs me to preach. And these commands come. Listen, this is so important. He's letting them know, this that I've told you, this comes from a holy God, not from a holy man. He's letting them know, this is not me. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the Holy Spirit of God. This is, I believe, is confirmed in the very next, next verse. You see it in verse 18. It says, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient 
by word and deed. Now, boy, this is very important for us. For us and, and all of us that, that think and believe like this. What happens here is there's often times where we'll get to the point where we want, we, because I live this way, because I do it this way, because I dress this way or think this way or walk this way or talk this way, I'm going to demand you conform to me. And what he's saying this, he said, I, I wouldn't, and in my terminology, I wouldn't spend 20 seconds, 10 seconds, 2 seconds trying to do that to you. He said, because that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be living according to the word of God. You're supposed to be living and directed by the Holy Spirit of God. So I wouldn't take any time at all trying to intimidate you into doing what I want you to do. do you know, does anybody see this? He said, for I, I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me. To make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. He said, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to go over here and demand that this Gentile conform to the Jewish laws. I'm not going to demand this Gentile conform to, to, to things that, that... Look, he said... That's not what Christ brought me to do. He didn't tell me to do that. And I'm not going to make, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend 10 seconds telling him to do something like that. That's not why I'm here. We just have to, we have to be, I always worry when I preach this way. The, folks, I don't know, there, there's probably very few people that really believe as strongly as I do about a lot of things. But I have spent my life trying to search the scripture about everything that I do. And there's some things that I've made changes over the years. But I just firmly believe that I've gained nothing by intimidating somebody into conformity. But if I can get them to walk with God, get them to Seek the Holy Spirit to understand and be sensitive when God says, you know, we think the Holy Spirit is just, okay, where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to serve? What am I supposed to teach? Am I supposed to work a bus route? No, the Holy Spirit speaks to you every day in a still, small voice. And sometimes he says, nah, I probably just wouldn't do that. I, I don't think I'd go there. It's when, when you turn something on and all of a sudden, it's not, it may not be explosive, but it's just kind of like, maybe I shouldn't be here. You know, I don't think you really have to worry about people much. People will accuse me over the years that, you know, you do this because you were told to. You do this because you were taught to. I'll be honest with you. I, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm just too blasted hard-headed to do that. 
you know, my philosophy before I became a Christian, and it was a, you know, Brother House had five things that he lived by, you know, you know, five statements. He, uh, I don't remember what they were, but, you know, like be a friend of my friend, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the, uh, uh, I had one when I was at Memphis State, one rule. Everybody knew me, knew this rule. Ask me to do something, and I'll do whatever you want. Tell me what to do, and I will spit in your face. Now, that's not a good philosophy, okay? It's really not a great philosophy. And it was before I got saved, amen? But I learned a long time ago and that I'm going to do what I believe God wants me to do. And I'm going to just tell you, here's where he tells me what he wants me to do. And through his Holy Spirit, forgive me, but there are times where he tells me what he wants me to do. But most of the time in my life, the Holy Spirit's been there to convict me of what I shouldn't be doing. So Paul stresses this to the people. And he says, I'll not, I'll, I'll not preach Paul to you. I'm going to preach the Word of God to you. I'm going to preach Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit Amen. to you. In verse 19, he says, Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. He says, that's what I came to preach came to preach the gospel. And people say, yeah, well, that's it. That's all we preach, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel is much more than that. Yes, the gospel is the good news, and it doesn't stop at salvation. There's a whole lot more in that book, this mighty good news that changes your life, that makes life worth living. I've told this to sailors over and over all these years. I would say to them, I'd say, fellas, what I'm telling you will not only give you eternal life, but it'll give you a life worth living. If you listen, God, very simply as a gift, will give you eternal life. But then if you'll get into the Word of God, get into a good Bible preaching church, if you will... Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear except there be a preacher? If you'll get under good preaching, good, good teaching, you can find a life worth living. And a lot of people, the reason we're in this chaos in this world is because they're living lives they don't even want to live. It's not even worth living. Thank you for your excitement tonight. <laughs> Thank you for those, those intense looks and that Amen? Glory to God. Brother Allen, you pray for us. Pray long and hard for us. We need it. <laughs>